Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. On this episode, I'm going to talk about taking a job after an unorganized teacher leaves. As many of you know, I've had different roles in education. I currently possess five certifications on my teacher's license, which covers pre-K through 12th grade, which gives me a lot of flexibility in what I want to do. But in these different roles, in these different schools, one of the obstacles I've crossed is taking a job after the previous person had the job and was disorganized, and now I'm left with the aftermath. And the other part that's frustrating is when you go on the interview and you do all you can to make sure not only that the job is a good fit, um, the school is their job to make sure that you're a good fit for them and you do your job to make sure you are, uh, it also is a good fit for you. I've found that schools aren't necessarily forthcoming about what happens until you get into the role and then they start dropping these little tidbits. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to just simply take you through my career and tell you of the, some of the different experiences, talk about what I believe could help and be done differently, and the role of the principal in these situations. So I started off teaching in the suburbs. And when I took my first teaching job, it, uh, in regards to being organized, it was super organized. Now the school I worked at, I was a uh, eighth grade English teacher. I taught regular English. I taught American studies, which was a mix of history and English. And I uh, taught one push in class with a special education teacher. We did not uh, use literature books because the school did not believe in that uh, style, but we had novels. But any novel pretty much that I needed was available. Now they didn't have the most diverse selections, but they had good selections, selections I liked and the students liked, so that worked. We did read Tears of a Tiger by Sharon Draper, which was a um, book that a couple of parents were not happy about. But when it came to resources organization, that was great. So I really got a false sense, unfortunately, of what school could be like. After that, I went to a work in a charter school. It was the first, I was there the first two years this charter school open. So the reverse of this one was this school pretty much had no resources. So I had to create everything. And even though that sounds hard, I was young, I was married, I didn't have any kids. So I really didn't have any problem creating things. And the, what I've learned is it's really, it's better to be in a situation where things don't exist than they exist and they're unorganized, which I found out later in my career. The next job I took, I was uh, still teaching English, but I went back to a traditional um, setting. So I'm in the traditional urban school. I'm here in Indy. And it wasn't that the school, this school was particularly disorganized. It's just there was just a lot of stuff everywhere. And when I was at the school, this was the same school where I ended up having my children. And I'm a minimalist. So I do not like a lot of stuff everywhere. And students will tell you, if you come and touch my desk and move anything, 
it will stop my class because I will explain how you will go back to my desk and put things back. You will go to your student supply desk because I always had a desk that was student supply so you would not touch my desk because that's how particular I was about everything. You open my cabinets, everything is organized. I was actually the person that people would come to because they knew if there's, we did something a couple years ago, I probably had a file on it and I could find it quickly. And I didn't keep everything. Stuff that didn't work, well, I, I threw it away. Uh, for some reason, it seems like teachers are just saving stuff for posterity. I, I don't know why they're saving all this stuff because they haven't used it for decades and they're just lugging it around. But what was interesting, I had my boys, I had to go and leave because I was on bed rest for four months before I had them, and they moved me. They moved me from the second floor down to the first floor. And the head custodian said to me, he said, you are the easiest teacher I have ever moved. He says, all your stuff was so organized. Like literally I came back to the school and it looked like they just snapped their fingers and moved everything to the, because the room was set up the same. So same cabinet, same amount of tables and everything. They moved everything like just someone snapped their fingers or moved their nose like the lady on Bewitch and it just made it look identical. And he said the reason we were able to do it because A, you're not a pack rack, you didn't have all this stuff, and B, you were super organized. So you had all your files in this file cabinet, we just moved, moved the file cabinet. You had your books lined up in a row, we just moved the books. And he said you don't have a lot of stuff. And I said I, 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 can't, I can't deal with that, that, that drives me nuts. After that, I took a elementary, so I switched from middle school secondary land to elementary. I took an elementary English language learner position. And this is when I started getting into these situations where schools were not organized. See, the last school I was at, the teacher had left some stuff in the room. I, I mean, I would take all, like these leftover literature books and stuff. I went down to the person that kept the books. I said, so you can take these and I don't know where you put these but they will not stay in my room because I, I'm not dealing with that and I, and that probably I had there was like old CD-ROM from the old textbook some old literature books I cleaned out of the room wasn't no big deal had it dealt with so I that was the worst I had ever seen and it really wasn't even that bad I take this job as an English language learning teacher and I couldn't find nothing for the life of me I'm going into files so uh, if you don't know, for English language learners, they call have what's called an ILP, an Individual Learning Plan. And I'm going in the file. I, I can't find, you know, the lost links because we were uh, the year I became an ENL teacher was the year where Indiana uh, switched over from lost links to WIDA Access. So at that time, everybody still had lost links files, and that year is the first year we took the WIDA Access test. So I'm like, why can't I find anything? And I was hired because they had so many. English language learners, I was hired as a second ELL teacher. So at this time, this teacher, the other teacher had been an ELL teacher for a while by herself. And I came on board, and we just had a personality conflict and a, uh, a philosophy conflict. Because at this point in time, I had worked on a pushing ENL team. I had gained my master's in language education. And I had different ideas about what should be done to move these students forward so they're making progress and so they can exit the program. What I believe should have been done was not what she agreed with. But the other thing that bothered me was her lack of organization. And so she would say to me, well, Shantae, you know, when we got audited, you know, by the, uh, the state, you know, we passed with flying colors. And I kept hearing this. So finally one day I said, who did these files and what did the audit consist of? So she explained that uh, the instructional assistant was, you know, helped a lot with the files. And when they came to audit, they pulled three files out. And I said, well, 
to myself, because I didn't say that loud, I'm like, y'all got lucky. What I ended up doing that second semester, which caused more conflict, and throughout the summer, I went through and uh, pretty much checked every single file of the English language learners and reorganized them because I couldn't find stuff. And I also fixed the electronic files. So I would go to update ILP, but I couldn't find the original one. That should have been on the shared drive. So when I did this, and this is how it started to cause a conflict because documents are missing. So let's say the kid's been in the school for three years, but we're missing the documentation for a year. So I went back and had stuff backdated, which means I had their teachers go sign the ILP that should have been in their file that didn't exist. And so now I'm asking someone to sign this. So now they're saying something like, man, Shantae going through everything. So there were missing uh uh, lost link scores. I'm contacting schools. I was calling schools not only in Indiana but in, in other states to get documents sent, and it was just causing all this conflict. But at the end of the day, if I need information about a student and I can't find or the student that doesn't exist, or if the state comes back and audit and picks three different files, we're in trouble. And so I spent time after school, my whole summer. I purchased all the folders, so I ended up purchasing orange file folders so because uh, you had the hanging files and then the folders that go inside I purchased orange ones so it would be easy to see when you open up the cum file where the file was so that was a controversy but I want to be organized I want stuff to be done and so the thing that pissed me off to be completely honest was how did the principal not know that the documentation was not happening long story short before the school year was over the other teacher resigned and it caused a conflict because it was said that, you know, Shantae was mean. You know, Shantae was like saying she wasn't doing stuff. And the truth of the matter was she wasn't. And I never, I never said anything. I would ask for stuff. I said, oh, I'm just fixing it. Can you uh, sign here? But this rumor mill started to grow. And the most frustrating um, part about this particular situation is that, A, it, first, it uh, affected the students. It affects the students when I'm trying to help them and I'm trying to look at history and I don't have the information. Secondly, at the time, I decided to work in the district where my kids now attend school. And so even till this day, there are people <laughs> at my son's school, even to this day, people have a narrative about what happened that isn't the truth. And there are a teacher that worked at the school, so there are people that know what actually happened. They said, Shantae, why don't you go and defend yourself? I said, for what? I said, I know what happened. Could I have thrown her under the bus and told what was going on? I didn't. I never threw her under the bus. I never said anything about what she was doing. But she had so much fear that it was going to come out that she wasn't doing what she was supposed to do. She up and resigned. And that's on her. I did eventually leave that school because I'm just like, I don't. this is just ridiculous. And I'm not putting up with, and there was other things that were happening at this particular school, um, which is unfortunate. It was not the school that my kids currently go to elementary school. At, but what was interesting, they knew my kids were about to come to the school district, and people say, you, you're going to bring your kids here because even uh, in, in the school district I live in, you don't have to necessarily go to your boundary school. You could go to a different school if you request it. And I didn't say anything, and the secretary said, the look on your face said, hell no. And I, I'm, I, I'm not sorry about it. Why would I bring my kid to elementary school when I, because I go in several rooms where all the black kids, black boys in particular, are sitting by themselves in the island, and you know, the teachers don't know what to do with them. So why would I bring my black boys to that school? After that, I became a literacy coach. And at the, at the same, so the second year of me being a literacy coach in this uh, next district, 
I started working on my admin license. So I had to start looking at stuff, how these projects in a different lens. I was given an office that was an old music room. When I tell you this room was junky, junk, junky, it was. I'm like, what is this? So I, I pretty much told my principal, I said, I can't deal with this. I said, and I said, I don't think you understand. I was literally going to work in other places because I couldn't deal with the disorganization and we couldn't find anything. So when teachers wanted books, you had teachers that were leaving. We didn't know where stuff was. Things were being taken. And they also had this guided reading library where you had all these level books that weren't organized. So essentially what ended up happening, I had it put into my schedule with the principal that once a week I had like a couple of hours and it was actually on a Monday that I would do nothing but work on fixing that because it needed to be fixed. And what I discovered in the school throughout um, different projects I did and gutting that room and, and I actually ended up gutting several rooms in the school was that A, nobody was tracking anything and B, nothing was organized. And some of this stuff was junky and messed up when other people had different roles and it wasn't ever addressed. So, for example, that the school had old iPads that they had no tracking of. So you could take one and no one wouldn't even know. They did start getting new iPads that were tracked that had uh, the district's name engraved on it. But the previous ones just had a little sticker on there that you could just remove and take the iPad. They weren't, they were old iPads and nobody were using them. I'm like, how do we not know? How do we not have tracking on our technology? But in the room, there were all these old uh, books, all these old uh, classroom library books, and it was just a mess. And then because the my office was a huge music room, there was a room that connected me to the actual music room across the hall. So there were two music rooms connected by this closet. When I would open this closet door, it was just a hot mess. And we went through a couple of music teachers. And I, I kept trying to encourage whoever was in that role, you know, that we need to clean this up. I was like, I'll even help. But people didn't even care. But there was stuff in that room that people needed. Like the math coaches stuff ended up in that closet. And so when teachers were looking for math supplies, they couldn't find it. And at the end of the day, when schools are junky and disorganized and you can't find supplies, it affects students. The other thing that it affects, we are wasting money buying things that we already have, but you don't know where it is. And so what I ended up doing was organize, so I organized the entire level library from A to Z. I went through, I used a book source so the teachers could check it out online. I put all the books into book source. I organized all the tubs. I had the custodians come in and move all the bookshelves. All the other stuff, once I verified that it wasn't, you know, brought by Title I and I could figure out where it came from, I started giving stuff away and saying, here are some resources that you can use as teachers. So teachers will literally come and shop for free in my office and get stuff. Because my thing, if it's sitting here collecting dust, it's not being used and it could be in your hand and you don't have to be on teacher paid teacher out here getting stuff. And I, and I just found that frustrating because instead of my focus just being on literacy coaching, I had to deal with cleaning up the mess left behind by previous people that were either in that room or in that role. And I just found that completely unacceptable. So I was at that school for two years. I went to a high school, ended up being a high school literacy coach who also did PLCs, professional learning communities for science and social studies, uh, which was interesting to say the least <laughs> because when you're in secondary 
we are very, uh, we have a lot of pride about our content area. And we don't really want to hear from you if you don't have expertise in our content area. Uh, people were nice, don't get me wrong about it. But I was just afraid, I'm like, look, you already know that I don't know science like this. Um, I, I love science, but when you ask me about dissection and advanced chemistry, look, I, have, I did well in chemistry in school, but I can't coach you about it now. But the classroom I had, once again, was full of junk, and it was just disgusting. So I went through another room, gutted it, and not only was it disgusting, when my father came to move me, because my father has kind of been, you know, my sidekick when I was moving school so my husband could do whatever he needed to do, my dad it was just like, this is disgusting. There was just like rat uh, poop, uh, mice poop everywhere in the cabinet. So my dad's like, you need to talk to the administrator. And when I talked to the administrator, the administrator said, you know, I can't pull a custodian. And if you want something clean, sometimes it's just better to do it yourself. And I was like, well, hmm, welcome to this high school because this is some, some type of welcome. Said the room was ready, but it wasn't ready. Stuff was missing out of the room. The phone, the phone has so many problems. So that was a, so I'm do, following the procedure because my, my husband is the database administrator. And the one thing that ticks him off is when people expect him to fix things and they don't fill out the ticket. So he's always like, for the sake of the tech people, Shante, fill out the ticket. It is so important. Don't be an annoyance in the, the, the IT people side. So I said, so thinking about my husband, I will fill out all these requests to get things fixed. Oh, we didn't know this was broken. And trying to, so it was just a whole thing. I'm like, but how do we get in the situation where I come in and we're now discovering these things are broken? So I had stuff with the projector fixed. The phone actually never got fixed, which was an interesting thing. Like you would call the phone, it would ring, 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 ring. We would try to answer it, and then the, it would just go dead on the other side. So they would normally end up, uh, you know, doing the intercom into the room because they're like, and everyone, and my students got so frustrated because these are high school students. They're like, she answered the phone like three times. She's not ignoring you because I was trying to be nice, but they would still have an attitude when they came over. But my, my students jumped to my defense was like, no, Mrs. Barnes, no, they're the phone three times, interrupting our lesson. Uh, why don't y'all just, and then one girl was just like, why don't y'all just uh, come over to intercom because you know the phone don't work and you know she don't put in the request because we, we don't stop, we saw her do it. And it was funny, they called twice um, to see if the phone was still broken. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Why don't you come and fix it? But once again, in this particular room, there was a whole bunch of math stuff in this room that's sitting around. And I'm like, why didn't this stuff get moved to the math classroom? Why is this trash here? Why is this room so junky? So once again, I'm going through, getting stuff organized. And the kids, they were pretty impressed. Now, my room wasn't the most decorated room because I spent all this time cleaning out the stuff. But it made the room look nice. And the kid, and I'm, I set up different areas where the kids could sit either at a desk and be in a small group. Or they could be in rows. Because the principal was really like, I want all the kids in groups. I want them doing all this small group stuff. But these high schoolers were so used to being in rows all the time. So I just put my class in t and actually one side of the class was supposed to be my office area. So I would let kids sit at these little tables I had where I would meet with teachers uh, if they wanted to be in groups and then let other kids be in rows or pairs. And that worked out fine. But here I am cleaning up another room. And so now let's talk about my current job. Currently I'm a librarian. And let me uh, start with a conversation I had with my husband just last night. 
My husband said, yes, uh, so-and-so asked me um, how you like being a librarian, how your job is going. And I, and I said, okay, because we were watching a movie. And, gosh, I had already asked like 50 billion questions during this movie. you probably seen that meme online um, where they talk about people asking too many questions during a movie. I'm, I'm that person. So I was trying to focus on the movie, so I wouldn't ask like another question. And my husband gave me that look. But I was like, but I was curious. I said, so, so babe, what, what did you say? And he said, well, he said, I told them that if you could do what you wanted to do and didn't have to fix the stuff that shouldn't have ever been the way it was, that you would be happier at your job. But, you know, you couldn't control the situation you walked into. And what was interesting was my husband said I would be happier. When I started my job, I would tell people I love being a librarian. Now I say I like it. And the reason I say I like it is like it's not like I dislike my school, but I'm going to keep it real real right now. I don't think they understood how disorganized, how dirty, how dysfunctional that library was and what it actually would take to fix it. And that's what I'm dealing with now. I come home exhausted. Which my husband said, even when you were coaching teachers and you were going to the different campuses doing things, he said, you weren't ever as tired as you are now. I said, because all I do is try to fix stuff every single day. I took the first month just trying to assess the situation and then learning some, learning some skills to do it more efficiently. After I did that, I started working on it. So from October to now, I'm still working on it. And right now, I can't even tell you that it will be done by May. So the situation I walked into, uh, the school had one librarian for a long time. She passed away from cancer about two years ago. So they had another person that was the librarian uh, who was now a classroom teacher. And then they had another person right before me who it seems like people just kind of felt some type of way about and wasn't organized. So when I look at the library, uh, so before I came, the principal um, did try to help. She had the library reorganized, so literally had bookshelves moved because when the kids came in, they didn't even recognize the space. They're like, why did you move all this stuff? And I said the library was changed before I took this job, so I had no um, decision with what was moved where. I mean, where the shelves were moved, it looks fine to me, so I don't know what it looked like before, so I don't really have an opinion about that at all. And then they had the district um, e-learning coordinator, I think that's her title, but under her her umbrella falls uh library media specialist coming over the summer and help do some work weed out some stuff but it although that was helpful they left me with carts of carts of things to label the previous person had ordered all these books that weren't finished so i had all this stuff to do so my first task was just getting all these books that were ordered labeled i did that but then on the other hand, the library wasn't functional. So I'm going to take you through what I've done so far this year. You have the, the E for Everybody section, which is essentially, uh, you know, fiction picture books. They're on the shelf, but there are no shelf labels. And, and the hardest thing for me, I had to spend money out of my own pocket because I had no money the first semester. So now I was like, I need to label all these books. And I have some supplies. I don't have enough supplies. I can't tell students where to go to get a book because there are no shelf labels for me to label them. So I had to be resourceful. I printed off on the computer uh, little labels just to, to say, you know, uh, this, these are the, the, the A books. So when someone asked me for Fly Guy, 
I can say go to shelf A because the author's last name starts with A and I know what's on that shelf. But I can't tell you to go to shelf A if there's not a marker to tell you to go there. So I did that and then I went through and organized the books because how some of the books, even though they were put, you know, in uh, alphabetical order by the author's last name, they were kind of off. So I went through and fixed that and I did this on a Saturday with my husband and my husband was ticked off because one of the things we talked about with me going, because the district I'm in, I actually previously taught there as an English teacher. So my husband had a whole bunch of conflict because I would go to my job a lot on weekends. And he says, I support you taking this job. I support you going back to this district. I do not support you going to this district again and being there on Saturday. He says, I know they have high expectations, but my expectation is not for you to be at work seven days a week. And that may sound like my husband is dictating to me what I can do, but when I left that district, because people always ask, you left and came back, what was that about? And I said, there was just so much work. And I was good at what I was doing. But teaching English with 7th and 8th graders, there's a lot of papers and stuff to grade. I said, I need a new role because I was burning up and I was about to burn out and quit. Not only just the job, but the profession. So that's how I led to changing different roles. And so yeah, and let me tell you how tick my husband was. He sat there. Cause you know what helped me? He sat there, got on a group text, and didn't. he hardly helped did anything because he said, I don't want to be here. And you shouldn't be here. And I said, I've been trying to do this during the school week, and I can't get it done. And the one thing I committed to that my husband really appreciates, I'm a, uh, I'm a clock in and clock out person. I get there right when I need to be there, and I leave right when I need to leave. I rarely stay after school anymore because it, the work is never done. And that, when I learned that, that the work is never done and that it'll be there tomorrow and I do what I can, that's what I do. Now, do I have to stay occasionally? Yes, but I'm really good at not staying after school. And even when I coach teachers, teachers would say, well, Shantae, can't, I say you can schedule an appointment with Shantae, but I'm not staying after school right now. Um, and I, I would be flexible. So if it was like a serious situation, I would say, so look, I'm leaving. I'm going to go pick up my kids. I'm going to go by the grocery store. You can call me between this time and this time because that's when I'll be available. So I was willing to talk to teachers through some uh, situations and work on my computer and they're working on their computer at their house. But if you think I'm going to stay after school on the fly, no because my contract time has ended. And there's something so weird about teachers saying that they left at their contract time. It's like, it's, it's taboo. And maybe I should just have a whole episode just about that. But I got my sanity back. I got time with my family back, my sons, and got time with my husband back. And I would not go back to what I was doing before. So long search, my husband wasn't happy. So that day we did those books. We also reorganized graphic novels. So I enlisted my son's help. We sorted all the graphic novels because the graphic novel area was just a mess. And it's pretty much how the graphic novels in tubs. So the kids couldn't find anything. Mrs. Barnes, where's Amulet? Mrs. Barnes, where's Big Nate? Mrs. Barnes, where's Bone? Because it was just tubs. So I, I printed off like an image that would represent that series. And I put the tubs in series and then put the label on the back of the bookshelf. Then anything that wasn't in the series, I called them the mystery tubs. So we have eight mystery tubs that are red and all the other tubs are labeled. I did that. But then you had the whole, um, and surprise, surprise, you have level library inside of the library, uh, uh, inside of the library. In some schools, you know, the title teachers deal with that, but this school is in the library and it was a hot freaking mess. And a couple colleagues said, yeah, the last person just said, I'm not dealing with that. Well, I just find that unacceptable. You can't just have stuff messy that teachers need to use because it's for the students. So, so that's why I do what I do because I know at the end of the day, it'll be good for the students, but I'm not enjoying my job right now because all I'm doing is fixing stuff. 
The stuff that I wanted to do, I can't do because the library is not functional. And when students come to me and say, Mrs. Barnes, this library sucks, um, and they, they use those words because kids are pretty frank with me. Um, and we talk about how we can use different words. And there's nothing here exciting to read. They are not lying. Because what I started doing, so I started working on the nonfiction section, which was a hot mess. And what I did to help myself, I decided that I was going to have uh, library helpers, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Fourth grade, they do all of the easy books. So they do the easy nonfiction and the easy, um, the everybody picture books. Because I tell people picture books are not necessarily easy because there are books in there all the way up to sixth grade. They do those, fifth grade and sixth grade, they show everything else. So... A lot of the shelving is done by students. I rarely do much shelving, which is very uh, helpful because I train them. But some kids, I made those like contracts because I have 30 kids that help me show books uh, Monday through Friday. And I got rid of some people because I told them, I said, look, this is a job. We might have some prestige about ourselves. And I have expectations. If you do not live up to these expectations, you will get warned and I'm going to put you on probation. And if you don't make your way back up to good status, I will fire you. And, that's what, and these are the words I use. And there is a pride about my helpers. But some of them I fired because they didn't like the way I was making those shelves. Nonfiction, for example. Why is nonfiction a hot mess? Because the last librarian told them just to put it in the 100 section. So let's say a book is 500, the label is 535. Instead of putting that after 534 and before 536, she just said put it anywhere in the 100 section. So that, so when I get requests from other schools asking me for books, normally I have to respond to your request and say, uh, uh, at this time, I do not know if we have the book, even though they don't look on my system that says that I should have this book, but I can't find it. So what I started to do, I went started at zero, 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 and I started pulling the books off the shelf. And then I started reading because I got books on the shelf that when you touch them, there's a layer of dirt and grime and dust on them because nobody has checked this book out. And why would them? Well, why would they? The books are 30 years old. I'm like, what? And this I do not attribute to the person that's in my role. I attribute this to the person that passed away. And, you know, people are like, well, you, you shouldn't really say anything about her. And I said, you know, if we're born, we die. We don't get to determine how long our lifespan is. And there's something about when someone passes away, we want to gloss over and make things seem um, like it, it wasn't because, uh, for example, when uh, President uh, Bush passed away. Now, I, I didn't follow politics when I was a kid we, uh, like that. But I'm just like, but people said some really negative things about him. And now everything's just super positive. And granted, you know, when someone dies, that's not the time to bring out their whole record. But it's like we kind of for, try to forget things or we don't want to say things even if they are, they are the truth. Because I've been the funerals of people who've done some really bad things. And the, it's not disgracing their memory just to say that something's not right. And this particular librarian didn't weed. So that was why the district coordinator came to weed some stuff. But there was a lot that needed to be weeded. And so I'm going through these books. They're old. You got sports books that got people on in them that I don't recognize. Okay? I don't recognize. And so I, I was explaining to students because they see me taking stuff off the shelf. They said, Mr. Barnes, what are you doing? So I actually did this last week. I held up books. I said, this is the Chicago Bulls uh, book, History of Chicago Bulls. Except it stops. <laughs> we're, not even, we're not even in the 90s. Okay? I said, do you recognize any of these people? Mrs. Barnes don't recognize these people either. I said, but I can purchase the newest edition that will give you all the history up until this book, up until now. And so those things should have been replaced, but they weren't. And so I'm taking them off the shelf because, 
Long story short, the other thing that was done, that's super annoying. A lot of stuff in my library got marked lost, but it's sitting on the shelves. And, I, and the kids have watched me. I've taken a shelf, a book off, a, a shelf of books off, go and scan them in, and there's like this, this annoying sound that happens. And that happens when books are lost. And so they're like, Mrs. Barnes, but all those books were sitting on the shelf. I said, oh, yeah, I don't know how that happened, but they are. But the, the long story short, they were still marked lost, which means no one had checked them out. Because once, if a book is marked lost, but it's on the shelf, when you scan it, it makes a horrible noise. And it, it says that this book was marked and lost. It says was because now that you scan it, the system has recognized that it's not lost. It's in the library. So at the end of the day, even though all these books were marked lost, they were on the shelf. Nobody was checking them out. So when kids tell me this stuff is boring, they don't want to read them. I understand it. And another thing, they can't, we can't find anything. So they get, I'm teaching them how to use the system. Get on Destiny, search for stuff, and they can't find it. And so I was telling my, my husband, says, so how do you feel? And I said, you know, I told the principal. Everybody knows I have my admin license. People know I was offered admin jobs, and I took this job instead. What most people don't know is I was offered two admin jobs after I took this job. One happened um, right after I signed my contract, and one happened a little bit later. And no, I haven't been out interviewing um, recently, but uh, as one person who reached out to me and says, your representation speaks for itself, and I don't really need, I mean, I would talk to you, but it's like, I want to talk to you first because you will be my first choice. And one of the, um, the schools was a very, very small school, about 200. I wouldn't be working with, it wouldn't be that many students. And I told my husband, had I known the amount of work I would have to do just to get this library functional, I may have taken this other job because I was a kid that snuck into the library as a kid. Um, I <laughs> I would ask to go to the restroom or to the water fountain and sneak in the side of the library in elementary school and read books and then sneak back. And I was doing this for a while because I was very strategic about it. I wouldn't do it every week. I would do it like every other week. But eventually, teacher caught on to the fact that I was being gone too long because, look, I, I'm an avid reader, so sometimes I got a little too caught up in the book. So I eventually got caught in the library, and the teacher talked to me. So I was just so the teacher. What ended up happening is I got opportunities to go to the library without lying about it. So I, I love libraries. I love books. I love getting kids passionate about books. But I can't do that because I have to get things together, and that's my my frustration is a lot of times people take jobs and people are like you know like. My evaluation for both semesters, my long, I, the thing I got dinged on was that the library wasn't decorated. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's right. And um, it probably won't get that decorated, to be honest, before the school year is over. Because in the way I envision it, the decoration should match where the books are on the shelf. But I can't put things up to match what's on the shelf to help kids find things and have those cultural things out to say, oh, these are where these books are because they're not organized. And, and, you know, we don't have things in there. So at this point in time, I put all these books in. I'm weeding. I'm reorganizing. And it's taking forever. And I, the level library, we just got to letter J. I still got to go to Z. Like we have the level library actually spans two walls. I haven't even finished the first wall. And I, I get help. But a lot of times I'll get sent, you know, subs or things to help shelve. And like, I'm not. And but I've had people shelves. And guess what? Some people don't know how to alphabetize. And I said, and I had some people help show, and that wasted my time because now I had to go back and fix what we've already fixed. I had the whole fiction section realphabetized because that was off. And kids know if I catch you just putting stuff on the shelf like the last librarian told you to do, I will fire you. You will not come in here and mess up all the work. 
But the good thing that's giving me hope is when I see kids go to certain sections that said have been fixed, they're like, oh, like the cookbooks um, and nonfiction. Once I fix that section, the kids are like, oh, this is where the cookbooks are. And a lot of cookbooks got checked out. So that that is that is my frustration when 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 schools don't know what's going on, or when teachers walk in a situation where there aren't research, aren't supplies, or things are or disorganized. The one thing that's helpful, colleagues need to be more supportive. Maybe they didn't cause the mess, they didn't cause the trouble. They're not the reason why the school is unorganized. But when someone new comes to your building and a role, you know what it is, or at least you you have an idea of what it is. Be supportive of that person. Don't be like, why haven't you done this yet, or why haven't you done that? Know the situation they walked into and try to be supportive. And then my, my feedback for administrators is like, and I, and I don't really have a, a recommendation uh, particular, but you have, to, you have to do better. You have to know better. And you got to be more upfront with people when they take these jobs about what they're walking into. Because I, let me tell you how bad it is. Not only do I have to label new books, I have to relabel books that were wrongly labeled. What the person who had the job before me did started labeling books incorrectly so I had a lot of books and graphic novels that were chapter books. I had nonfiction bo- I had books that weren't even like, for example, Star Wars. I have it in several sections of my library. I have it in like beginning fiction. I have it in regular fiction. I have it in graphic novels and it's in nonfiction. But this person put all the Star Wars books in a tub, labeled them all graphic novels and put them in graphic novels. Even though there was four types of Star Wars books. I'm like, no. So, and why is this problematic? Kid goes onto Destiny, looks for the book. It says it should be a nonfiction. Goes to nonfiction, it wasn't there because they threw them on graphic novels. So now it's causing, and then that was the other thing. Books were relabeled, but they weren't changed in the system. Or they were changed in the system, but not on the book. And so I'm spending all this time trying to catch this stuff, trying to fix this stuff. And honestly, there's a part of me that's like, screw this. We just throw everything away and start from scratch because that's how of a mess it, it truly is. So I, I just feel that in these situations, like the one school I talked about where technology was missing, you kind of, if you're using funds from wherever, it's not your money, it's somebody's money through tax money, federal money, if you're using funds, you need to be tracking stuff, you need to know where it is, you need to have a system where uh, resources are being checked in and checked out, the next teacher shouldn't be coming scrambling for resources, or, or that room shouldn't be a storage room where there's random resources sitting around. And it just makes the school look unsightly when the school board comes to look through the school or parents come to tour the school and they just see all this junk sitting up in, in room. It doesn't give the school that, that, that type of status or prestige or elegance that a school should have when you walk through it. And at the end of the day, when schools are disorganized and they're messy, the teacher cannot be as effective. I cannot, I cannot be as effective as a librarian as I wanted to be. I couldn't be as effective as a literacy coach as I wanted to be. I couldn't be as effective even though I got a, a highly effective evaluation as an English language learner teacher because I moved a lot of level fours um, to, to um, exiting the program. They moved to five um, under some of the strategies I did that the other person just thought was a, a whole bunch of hooey. I still didn't feel like I was the most effective I could be because I spent in all these roles time cleaning up somebody else's mess that nobody like just didn't seem to have the idea or the depth of what was going on. And so it, this is I feel like it's a taboo topic because we, we don't want to talk about this. We don't want to address the fact because my husband will tell you because I, I haven't even put everything up on this po- podcast that I could say. But my husband says that the taxpayer, I'm a little pissed off that it seems like schools are just buying stuff, wasting stuff and don't know where it is. 
and just some stories I've shared with him, he's just like, it, uh, it's like, what is going on? And even we had a personal situation in first grade where we uh, paid for books that our son never even got. And the only reason we caught this is because we have twins. They're in the same grade. One son came home with this book at the end of the year that wasn't really used. And I said, well, where's your book? And the teacher said, oh, yeah, we didn't use these books. Oh, oh, so so I, I had to pay book rental for a book that y'all didn't use. And then when I went to go investigate, so they sent me up to the district level, sent me back down to the school level, trying to figure out what we actually paid for, uh, again, crickets. Well, school, what were the school supplies? And so just knowing the situation I've been in, my husband was like, we're going to find out what we paid for and why the school wasn't using it. And so essentially, which I'll, I'll get off of here with this, we found out that the book was like a remedial book but they made every parent purchase it. And there, and I just have some issues with that, which maybe that's another podcast episode. But at the end of the day, I, administrators had to do a better job of keeping an eye on our teachers documenting things correctly so the next person can take the job, whether that's a school psychologist, a special education teacher, English language learner teacher. Are uh, resources that your school is purchasing, are they being used appropriately? Do you know where they are? If someone walked into your school and said, where are your uh, English literature books stored? Could you tell them? Would you go there and show them? Would they be there? Uh, are your classrooms junky and messy with a whole bunch of stuff that shouldn't even be in the teacher's classroom? Are the math textbooks in the English teacher's room? These are the things that schools should know. So no one has to be like me and, and clean up someone else's mess because... When I was getting rid of those math textbooks in my English room, nobody could tell me where the English books were. And so I had students who went the school year that did not have an English textbook. And I actually wrote about this because uh, some people were like, Ashante, how did, why do you talk about stuff when you're currently at a role? Did I lie? That's what I said. Did I lie? We, we, we do a lot of not talking about things and then nothing is done. So my hope that if I start talking about things, maybe that that will put the fire up and maybe some things will get done. But one of the things I talked about last school and I wrote about is the fact that my kids didn't have textbooks. Oh, oh Shantae, you can, shouldn't say that. And I'll tell you what the assistant principal said. The assistant principal said, you can keep sending that email about getting your kids textbooks, but I'm telling you they're not getting them. And I, I didn't follow up on the why behind that, but as a part of me, it's like they didn't order enough. They just didn't know where they were because I went down to the, they, I went down to the textbook room. They weren't there. So once, once again, and I know it's high school, you could probably say, well, maybe they didn't turn them back in. I don't know. When I, when I walked into my classroom, there was a stack of math, uh, algebra, and geometry books in my, my classroom. I don't think that students did not turn them back in. I didn't think that's the school wasn't a good steward of the resources that were placed in front of them. And that's why I had a whole bunch of math textbooks in my English classroom when I started at that school. So um, hopefully this was, was helpful. If, if you're in a school where there's a mess, uh, speak up about it. Try to get yourself some help. It may not change the situation. You may end up like me trying to fix it yourself. But when I get frustrated, I just keep in my mind this is for the kids. Because uh, honestly, on some that's the only thing that gets me to move forward to fix stuff. Because I could easily just wipe my hands and say, Shantae's done. I'm out. Um, but I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to fix it for these kids. So you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Educator Barnes. Hashtag it, Brazen Education. And I'll catch you next week on the next episode.